Thanks for joining us for part five of the Little John interview. Let me ask this, were most of the uh, prosecutions successful? I mean, did they result in convictions and were... We could only prosecute a few symbolic cases. There were so many cases. Of, it was basically prosecuting them for mistreating uh, the Filipino people during the period of occupation. And we appreciated the fact that we could only prosecute a sort of symbolic group uh, and that's that's what we did. Uh, you didn't have to prosecute a weak case, or one you couldn't prove. Uh, you had plenty of good cases mm. that you could prove. The uh, the big show, incidentally, we we had a little show going on in the Philippines. The big show was in Germany, where Nuremberg. They got all the publicity and prosecuted all the Germans and others over there. But we were doing the same thing in the Philippines that they were doing, but we didn't get the news coverage that Nuremberg got. Had you expected the war to come before before it did? No. Do you remember where you were? Oh, I do. I do. As I, as I do, it was on Sunday afternoon that the news came through about 1 o'clock, and I was driving my $807 Chevrolet automobile <laughs> from Packlet to Spudenburg, and I had my radio on. And uh, that's when I first uh, first learned about it. I'll be darned. Did any of your uh, brothers have to serve? No, they no, were older. Uh, they were too old. They were too old to uh, to serve, and so uh, see, I went in when I was thirty, and all of them were substantially older than I. So uh, I was the only one who who served. Now, after you, when you came back, you said you got back just in time to file for. Uh, the seat in the house again. Uh, were you, I gather at that time they were still running as a pack in yep. Spartanburg. Were there other veterans who were running at that time as well? Several, several. That was the easiest campaign I ever had. It was in the law that if a man left his job to go to the war, you had to give him a job when he got back in a furniture store, grocery store. Uh, county courthouse, anywhere else, but it didn't apply to legislators. So I told them that I didn't come under the law, but all I wanted them to do was give me my old job back. <laughs> and I, I led the ticket with about 3,000 votes to spare. It was the easiest, most peaceful race I was ever in. Those uh, people uh, were grateful to those of us who had been off to service and and when we got back to Columbia, well, we had a lot of us down there. And that's when Blot stood aside, see. And so that's when you came in where, and you were elected speaker, I guess, shortly after the legislature convened? On the first day. First day. So yeah. the, the race had been run yeah. before the yeah. uh, You nominate a, a temporary presiding officer to hold the election. And so within an hour or two, you got a speaker. Did you enjoy serving as Speaker of the House? Oh, it did. I, I think the most enjoyable years of my life were when I was Speaker. Uh, I used to wonder if I didn't make a mistake by leaving it. <laughs> and uh, when I was Speaker, people used to come and say, how about running for governor? And incidentally, the Speaker's office would be an excellent place to run for governor from because you go everywhere in a favorable light. When they'd come and say, 
How about running for governor? I say, well, how about go off, raise $100,000 and come back and let's talk. I never would hear tell of them again. That was the end of it. <laughs> the, uh, when you were back and before you were elected as a judge, was that a, an active legislative period? It was right after the war. The economy, I guess, was much better. Uh, were there... Uh, were the active legislative years in, th in terms of things happening in the state that were uh, improvements? Well, things were on the up. It wasn't until about four years later, you know, that they put on the sales tax to build all the schools to help um, black people have good schools to go to. That was during Jim Burns' uh, uh, administration as, as a governor. When were the farm to uh, market uh, roads uh, paved? And, and well, wasn't uh, that something that helped transform? That that was in the late 30s and early 40s along there. Uh, they call them farm to market roads. Um, I remember the first piece of hard surface road I ever saw. <laughs> Where was that? It was from Cedar Springs into Spudenburg. We'd go from Packlet up to Cedar Springs, about nine miles, and then there's three miles on into Spudenburg. Some of the streets in Spudenburg were paved, but not out in the county. There's three miles of, of road ran from what we used to call the brick house you know, on the main street. All the rest of them were, uh, were dirt roads, and I have seen many times Chang Gang people scraping roads, scraping dirt roads. They would get potholes and um, like washboards and so on. And they'd have four big mules that would pull this large scrape. And the man would sit on the scrape back there and run the scrape up and down as needed to do the, the uh, dirt roads. That was road maintenance at the time. And they'd They'd get on over on the side and clean out the ditches so they would drain. But uh, today, we have, I think, in this state about as great a system of hard surface roads as you'll find uh, anywhere. It amazes me sometimes you go out in the country, it don't look like a road is serving anybody much, but it's paved. <laughs> when you were Speaker in the House, who was uh, the, uh, the senior or the the, the, in the Senate, I guess, not Speaker, uh, the comparable position in the Senate would be to the Speaker of the House. Uh, be presiding, Lieutenant Governor. Right, but then the the principal senators during that era was that when uh, well, Armel Ring was uh, yeah they were in such full, a power. Well, they were in full bloom in the late thirties, uh, and. Well, through the 40s and 50s, there were three of them down there that composed what sometimes called the ring. Uh, well, there were four, actually. Emil Harley was lieutenant governor. He died um, in 1942, I believe. Edgar Brown was chairman, chairman of the uh, finance committee. Blott was speaker of the house. Ed, um, Winchester Smith from Barnwell was chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, and uh, they were they were a powerful uh, influence. Uh, 
So that, that was sort of the setup. How did Edgar Brown achieve the power he supposedly held it in the state government? Well, Is it the seniority system or? Uh... Well, that, that among other things. Along with it, Edgar Brown was a very capable, smooth operator. Um, he, he was a very capable uh, person. I don't think he ever went to law school either, but he was, a, he was a lawyer, did a tremendous business down there. But uh, they, were, they were the Barnwell Ring and uh, ran things for a long time. See, Pope got my unexpired term, served one year in 1950. That opened the speaker's job back up, and there just wasn't any young fella in there ambitious and capable of getting elected. And so Blot moved back in. And after having served 10 years before the war, he served uh, 22 years after the war, from 1950 to 1975 when they ousted him. <clears throat> you remember Rex Carter mm -hmm. uh, took sure. his place by 1972. But he continued to serve several more years as a House member before he died and died in office. What did your uh, law practice uh, consist of between the war and being elected to a judge? Did we, you mentioned you formed a partnership. Were you able to come back and reestablish your Yes, practice? we, we uh, did a very good business. Among other things, we had the uh, First Federal Savings and Loan Association, which my partner had formed, and he was high... We were in the utility uh, representation too, particularly oil jobbers. So, uh, but how is it you decided to give that up and uh, run for the circuit uh, seat, circuit court judge seat? Well, remember the fellow who threw the bottle of liquor through the mirror. It's <laughs> it seemed the thing to do. Well, back then. Um, the circuit judge's job was quite a plum. Now, by modern standards, you didn't make, make much money. At that time, we got $10,000 a, a year. Uh, but it would buy something. The governor, when I got back from the war, governor of South Carolina made $7,500 a year. Clerk of court in Spartanburg made $3,000 a year. Uh, circuit court judge made $10,000 a year. Mr. Odom asked me one day if I would be content to work for $10,000 a year the rest of my life. I said, well, Mr. Odom, I would work for the equivalent buying power. I could see inflation coming on. I said, you give me the buying power of $10,000 today. Uh, but to give you a little idea what money would buy back then, I bought a five-room bungalow, a nice hardwood floors, tile, bath, central heating hall for $3,400 <laughs> the year before I went to the war. Uh, you could get a carpenter then, 40 cents an hour. So... Uh, Gosh. But they sold that house $3,400 and made a profit out of it. Included the price of the lot, too. <laughs> the, uh, had you, uh, I mean, did you decide to run for the judgeship on your own, or did lawyers in the community come and say, uh, you know, we'd like to have you run, or was it some of well, both? Well, my what? wife wanted me to have it, and nobody asked me not to run, so I felt I was drafted. <laughs> Well, tell me about uh, your race for the uh, judgeship. Was there a race, or did you uh, did no one offer against you? Well, I remember telling Edgar Brown, as we just talked about, that I was going to run for judgeship. Well, Edgar had been speaker. 
He was speaker in 26 and 27. Uh, then uh, he ran for United States Senate and got beat and came back in the state Senate. Uh, so I told him I was going to run. And Edgar said, well, you will get it. He said, can't anybody beat the speaker for anything? And so there were four, three people seeking it. John Williams, Sr. from uh, Spottenberg was seeking it. Arnold Merchant from Spottenberg was seeking it. Bruce White, senator from Union in my district, was seeking it. But uh, Williams withdrew. I got 117 votes, and the other two candidates put together got 46. <laughs> so it was. He was right. Well, I, I tell him I, I had the best of two worlds. My friends wanted to help me get what I wanted. My enemies wanted to get me out of the legislature. <laughs> so I got them going and coming. On next week's episode, Chief Justice Littlejohn shares experiences from his time on the bench as a circuit judge.